And that is my homie Chuka. Hey y'all, how are you? <laughs> I'm well. I was I was about to pronounce your last <laughs> yeah. name. And I was like, Fuck. all right, let me go ahead. Let me go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Last name is Abaraji, so it's Chuka. Full my full name is Chukuka Abaraji. Gotcha. But it's Chuka for sure, like Chris Christopher, Tim yeah, Timothy. Exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Just off mic, we were just <laughs> talking about our, our our love for for music and sharing. Like I. Yeah. I'm an extreme nerd with that. Like, yeah, I, that's oh yeah, all I, I live for. Yeah, I'm the same way, and I tend to be that way with like with anything. If Brit, like when we first met, she asked me when she first moved back to Austin. Actually, she uh-huh. asked me to make a list of uh, movie recommendations, which okay. she to this day has not used. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I literally made like a list of over a hundred films that yeah. I like carved out from like my list of like films that I watched. I was like, all right, she'd be interested in this, not interested in that. Yeah, you know. So I just made made this list. I was like looking at. It's still on her her desktop for a computer. Yeah, not even. Yeah, one. see, that's I don't appreciate. That. Yeah, that 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 <laughs> low key frustrates me. Like, yo, you don't know what I did to make you this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I went through shit. Yeah, went back to films mm-hmm. just to make sure. Yeah, man, that's how I feel with music. Like, yeah. or or I I give this list to someone. They're like, oh yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, like, yeah. What? I know you ain't. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't appreciate the yeah. effort. Right, it's like god damn no man i i feel that way and i i feel so guilty man because i i have a bunch of homies Mm -hmm. um like yourself um and others that are into film as far as like what they do for work yeah um or their passion or what Mm -hmm. have you and when it's it's kind of like when i have a conversation like with music Mm -hmm. um to to someone that doesn't really either know or care Mm -hmm. um and I feel so awful because I know the passion, but yeah. then like it, I just never really gravitated towards it that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a little, a little bit about a, yeah. about Chuka. Uh, Chuka came from New York. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Moved uh, moved to Austin from New York. I'm originally so I was born in D.C. Washington okay, D.C. Cool. But I grew up in a suburb of the city in gotcha. Maryland called PG County. Okay. Um and. Yeah, yeah. Dope, man. Yeah. So what what was that like? Uh, when did you initially move to New York? So I moved to New York in March of 2016. Okay. I moved there because, like, with the intention of getting getting into film. So Got you. Um, when I finished school, I finished college in 2014, uh, studied information systems, had a minor in economics, but... Uh, and was working in D.C. for a consulting firm for about a year and a half after right I had finished school. Uh, was not was new from the first day that I stepped into into that building that I wasn't gonna I was, <laughs> yeah. the the idea of like doing this for a couple of years and pursuing film on the side wasn't gonna like I yeah. wasn't gonna last in it that in that work. world yeah um so uh it was during a particular period I was hit, being hit by so many influences like during that time period is when so I was literally taking um taking the metro from New Carrollton to uh, to Smithsonian, stop Orange Line mm-hmm. in D.C. every morning. And I was reading a lot during that period of time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, my parents put, put put pressure on me to read a lot when I was a kid. So I moved, moved away, away, like yeah. I resisted that. But as I've gotten older, I've been like really coming, you know, really being able to pursue my own curiosities yeah. within that particular medium. So I was reading, I remember I encountered, um, James Baldwin's The Devil Finds Work, uh, which is a book of his film criticism. Um, and I'll read that to and from work in the mornings. I was listening to podcasts a lot. Uh, I was reading different novels, going back to reread novels that I was assigned in high school, which I couldn't appreciate during that time yeah. again because they were assigned. Exactly. So I was like, man, I have these books laying around, laying around the house. I have an appetite to read right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just knock it out right Exactly. Quick, yeah. So it was that. I encountered this writer named David Milch who... Um, who uh, wrote NYPD Blue, uh, made, a, made a television series called Deadwood, but I encountered a series gotcha. of lectures that he gave in, I think, 2006, 2007, called The Idea of the Writer, uh, during the Writer's Guild, uh, Writer's Strike, mm-hmm. um, where he was just talking about the life, how he came into writing, but also his approach to it, is, which is a very humanistic, um, and kind of holistic approach to writing, um, which isn't about... Um, 
which wasn't about the technicalities of it, but it was more about bringing your life experience experience to it in more of a, a spiritual, more of it being a spiritual undertaking. So yeah. there was that. I was encountering all these different things. Um, and while that was going on, the riots in, um, it was uh, right after, uh, it was during that period of time when Freddie Gray uh, was killed in, yeah. in Baltimore. So I was literally walking around, I was at work, uh, walking around this windowless building. It was the Bureau, Bureau of Engraving and Printing, which is right across the street from the, um, the Holocaust Museum. Mm-hmm in DC and there's CCTVs throughout the throughout the building so they either have CNN, Fox, one of these major yeah. news networks going and I'll literally be watching the Baltimore riots happening yeah, while was I was 30, like? ma- 30 minutes away. Uh, it was frustrating because I was at work in my you know button up shirt and my slacks and, yeah. and, and doing some shit that I didn't care about while something I was ca- that I cared deeply about was just happening. Was happening. For sure. 30, you know, 30 minutes away up BWI the BWI Parkway yeah. Uh, and so it was a lot of that building up inside of me until like um, I probably decided in around September time of 2015 that I was going to quit. Um, and kind of kind of ignited the yeah. spark, essentially. Exactly. To, like, push you to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Ignited spark to like be like I knew I've known since I was 15 years old that film was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Because um, series of things and it just hit series of things occur occurred during that period, including my father passing during sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Um, whereas like I, I knew that was a thing that I was that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I ended up leaving that job of October twenty fifteen didn't was home for a couple of months uh, traveled to LA because I thought I wanted to move out there because film yeah um I spent a lot of that time reading and and writing uh and then moved to New York of of March of 2016 not knowing anybody had one friend one of my best friends living up in the Bronx but yeah if you're living in Brooklyn that's like a country away yeah um So so yeah, just moved to New York. Got an Airbnb. Uh, was living living off of some savings for a couple of time. Hus- hustled. Um, didn't have a job immediately when I got there because I was applying. So, yeah, so yeah. you just went off pure faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. Went off pure faith. I knew, I knew that it was what I had to do. I didn't know there was no guarantee that I'll be fine. Yeah, that I wouldn't have to move home a couple of months later. But I knew that that was a thing that I had to do. So for sure. Um, was just hustling, didn't know much of anybody, but friends from back home started introducing to me to people, gotcha. to people when I got there, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So it was that for for a couple of months, and then I finally got my first job busting tables uh, <laughs> in 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 the East Village, yeah. <laughs> this restaurant, this Mexican restaurant called Rosie's. Uh, when I first got there, and that was like a stark difference from like I was coming from a well-paid job right out of college, uh, uh, you know, uh, still living at home. So I was saving a lot of money, and when I was still living back home in Maryland, yeah. to to uh, to working minimum wage, uh, ten hour, you know, ten yeah. hour shifts, grinding, grinding, <laughs> getting home one and zombied out at one two a.m. in the morning, yeah. commuting from Manhattan to. To Brooklyn, just hustling, figuring out, and I wasn't even doing anything in film at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I was just in New York. Yeah, you know? I, f- I feel like that's a lot of it's a lot of people in New York as far as like their path just to like get in there. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've had a, a few homies that um, have or are living in there. Yeah, um, one of my homies is uh, doing a lot of acting there. She's mm-hmm. kind of killing it right now. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, like that grind. Um, cause I, I've, I've been in New York a few times now. Um, mm-hmm. but man, that's, you got, you have to be, <laughs> um, mentally prepared and, um, yeah, I just more, yeah. more so say mentally like that shit yeah. is a grind. Yeah. Yeah. It's a grind. And I mean like the mental preparation, like for me, it was, it was like it was either it was part of even though like I had like a lot of my mom wasn't didn't agree with what I was doing yeah at the time but I was mentally prepared because of the way I saw like her working when I was growing up and the way that I saw my my father working exactly. they uh, instilled in us like a certain rigor 
uh, for for doing whatever you whatever it is that you're doing. So like exhaustion isn't a thing. Is, like, yeah, you're gonna be tired. You're you're gonna be, be tired. tired. That's yeah, fine. that's yeah. that's part of that's part exactly. of the job. That's part of the job. Whatever it is that you're trying to pursue, you're gonna you're gonna it's it's gonna be exhausting. But if that's the thing that you want to do. You know, my mom would always be like, growing up. It's like a job worth doing is worth doing well. So yeah. even if you get the slightest opportunity, take take that and try to make something out of it. And that sure. was what ended up happening in New York. Um, a friend of mine, Asha, back home introduced me to a friend of hers, Luca, who was living in the city. And Luca had been like started had already started get, getting opportunities in film. And at a certain point in time, through a series of events, I was living on Luca's couch in the city. Uh, and this was a period of time when I was still, I was just busting tables. Um, and so Luca had a pass on opportunity to work on a film just as a production assistant. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, he was like, I know you want to get in the film. Do you want to, like, it's not much. It'd probably just be driving actors to and from set, exactly. doing that, no pay. Uh, but I took that opportunity. And... Um, and that was that was the first time I was ever on a film set. I was learning everything. Damn dope. Yeah. What Learn. film? Uh, what film was it? It was a film called. Um, I mean, this is only two years or three years Secret ago. Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> <laughs> right, some shit like that. Nah, it's a film we shot in like Brighton Beach in Brooklyn. Um, I'm really damn. I'm really not going. I'm acting like I worked oh, on so many films. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 uh. I can't remember the name right now, but the film right was a uh, um, a film that was in Brighton Beach in Brooklyn, which is Brighton Beach is a bit has a big Russian and I believe like Ukrainian community. Oh, okay, so it was like right kind of based based around that. Uh, um, and the producer who hired me onto that film, her name is Valerie Steinberg, mm-hmm. and so um, yeah, and so she gave me the opportunity. She was like. Do you have a driver's license? All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's what you're gonna be doing. So I was using her car to, it, and these were overnight shoots. So it was a three day overnight gotcha. shoot, which meant from like I think that's who it was like eight p.m. to eight a.m. the next morning, um, for three days straight. And so I was like literally um, four a.m. in the morning driving actors from like Midtown Manhattan to like deep in deep in Brooklyn oh, and driving them back once they finished up on yeah. set. So what was cool about that is like not only was I learning, um, picking up like the grammar of a film set and just watching people, mm-hmm. uh, but I was also getting to see the city that way too. Because yeah. it's hard to see. I mean, you see the city like when you're driving on the subway and stuff too, but it's another thing to like be able to see it when you're have the flexibility of yeah. driving around. So it was like that was an opportunity too. Um, didn't get paid for that, but uh, through that I ended up working on two other films with Valerie that summer. Dope. Uh, PA work as well? PA work cool. as well. No pay. Right on. Um, but like she was giving me more and more responsibility. She was very transparent with me about like yeah. what her role with was on a set. Um, I was like, able to dialogue with other people. A lot of these guys were like NYU grads, Columbia grads. Um, Valerie herself was a grad from Yale or is a grad from Yale. Like they're all in like in the city just hustling, trying to do their yeah. thing. A couple of years older than 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 I was. Um and yeah, so she's just giving me more and more um um opportunities like that till come the next summer, summer of twenty seventeen mm-hmm. or twenty eighteen, I can't remember <laughs> the timeline <laughs> of the of twenty seventeen. Um she asked me to work on another film again and she brought me on as like a production manager. I got, I got paid oh, that shit. time too. And then that film ended up winning at Sundance, nice. you know, and that's, that's something that happened like a year later. Um, and that gained a lot of exposure and yeah. helped me a lot when I ended up moving to Austin, uh, being able to say that I was a part of that project. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, it was just like that, like, again, like trusting the process and then trusting really putting a lot of value in the relationships yeah for you know sure. that you, that you build with people and really based basing what you're doing off of like those sorts of relationships if you vibe, if you have good energy from somebody like that's what that's a lot of what energy that what motivates me the energy that i'm getting with like people that i want to collaborate and work with yeah yeah for sure man and i mean it says a lot for you as well like i mean a lot of that work kind of falls like um solely on you especially i mean i've done PA work 
slightly for a homie before yeah. but i mean um a lot of it i mean again like it's it's based off of like what you are, what you're doing, how you are, how you, the relationship yeah. that you're building with these people that you're working for. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes just solely from you, man. Which is, I mean, that's dope to like hear and see. Like, again, knowing that process um, and knowing you, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see all of this kind of formulated. Mm-hmm. And that's dope, man. So, so you did that um, production management, and then bam, where do you go to from there? Where I go through from there? So <laughs> I was um, around uh, September of 2017. I made a decision to move to Austin. Okay. Because uh, my the relationship that I have with Brittany, who's my girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, our relationship was growing, and she had moved back the previous uh, or April of that year. Mm-hmm. And this was around the time like I just finished working on that last short film with with uh, with. Um, Valerie, I was at the same time. Um, I had been working a part-time job in the city in Soho, and then I had also for the pre over the previous year, I had been interning at a place called Democracy Now. Yeah, what was yeah. that like, man? That was a great experience, one of Cornerstone's experiences that I had in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes back. Democracy Now goes back to when I was in the subway and still working working in dc okay what i would listen to each morning right on, go back yeah. and forth and so that was really shaping my um democracy now is a an independent um news uh, news mm-hmm. television or radio program that's been going on since i believe 90 95 or so yeah right? me and my pops yeah. man would watch uh democracy now and, oh nice uh, I yeah, know he's that. One, yeah. yeah he's the one that put me on it <laughs> nice um and I remember at first watching it and like we would watch different things like it, it first started like um there was an awesome um there was an awesome um uh he did a uh, keynote tim wise i don't know okay. if you're familiar yeah. with him that um, name's familiar yeah. uh uh cat that does yeah. a lot of things as far as like um he, he has a lot of work um but uh one of one of uh or at least this one was kind of speaking on white privilege yeah. and like understanding being um being a white person like how your white privilege impacts and how yeah. like you can kind of use that mm-hmm. as far as being an ally and what have you which which is really cool because i was like oh you see this kind of big ginger dude yeah and you're like oh shit here we go and then like <laughs> yeah, he starts yeah, yeah he starts talking and it's like oh shit yeah. um and then there was another one with the, uh elaine brown if you're not familiar okay. yeah um from the uh, black panther party and mm-hmm. like her yeah. work um in a book that she had that was um it was it was really cool and then we yeah. just would just watch it all the time and you know, he would grill me on things as far as like understanding and just kind of being something that I keep with me now is just kind of being aware of, of your surroundings and like the time that we're in and yep. like um, how that's how that impacts you, mm-hmm. um, how that can beat you, how that's beneficial. And I mean, just a lot of things that you're seeing now and how to move. Um, we would always just have like these discussions. Man, it was a really good time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's dope. So, yeah, democracy now. So you were there. Yeah. How long were you there for? I was there for a year. So okay. it's they do six month internships. And the gotcha. way I came into the internship was interesting because uh, when I moved to New York, I like I was mentioning, I was staying at an Airbnb in Brooklyn, which ended up just being like a month to month rent situation. Yeah. Uh, with this with this Haitian Haitian uh, <laughs> Haitian landlord, which was an interesting situation because I ended up getting kicked out of the place. Oh shit! Which is how I ended yeah. up on Lucas' couch. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucas is the one who introduced me to Brittany and also got me into film. Nice. So <laughs> but, it all comes. Yeah, full it all circle. comes together. And so when I was at when I was living in living in Bushwick, um, it was a three uh, three bedroom apartment building, and she was the lady was also renting out the other two rooms. So I had uh, roommates coming in and out. Oh, okay, gotcha. And uh, one of those roommates was this woman named Izzy, who was born and bred New Yorker from Brooklyn, um, I believe, from Cuban like Cuban and Puerto Rican descent. I might be a little bit wrong about that, um, but. And she was about, she's in her 50s, you know? And she spent the last 20 years living in Chelsea. And she had just recently got priced out of her, the apartment that she had been renting, which is an issue a lot of people have been, a lot of people are dealing with. Chelsea is one of the most expensive neighborhoods in in, in Manhattan. Um, Democracy Now's offices are now also in Chelsea on, on 25th, West 25th. And she overheard me listen to democracy now one morning 
And she was like, oh, I didn't know you were interested in that program. I actually know, like, a dude, when the graphic designer and I, like, when I was living there, we used to, like, just catch smokes outside and stuff. Yeah. Like, I, he, he told me that they have an internship program one time. He just mentioned it offhandly. Would you be interested in, like, you want me to pass along your information? And she also knew, like, we had talked previously about me hating the, I was busting tables at the time. And that's all I was doing. Yeah. And I had a couple of film gigs. Um but yeah so she told me about that and i was like and the deadline was like maybe a couple of weeks away mm -hmm. and i was like ah there's no i'm not gonna get a job so i actually did not even apply after she told me she can hand my inter my my resume to somebody yeah. <laughs> but she followed up she was like chuki you need to like send me give me that resume so yeah. i did um and uh, I ended up applying. I just sent it, sent it, sent my application in for an internship, and I specifically the IT internship because that was what my background was in, right which I had done full time when I was in, in DC. Um, and I go in for an interview um, with with David Prude, who's uh, system administrator there. He basically heads up their IT. Mm -hmm. um, and Dave's mid thirties. Uh, Jewish dude from born his family's from New York but he's born in born in Atlanta oh okay uh, and yeah he we just vibed the interview interview went great and I didn't expect too much from it but like got a, a call a couple of weeks later he's like yeah I would like to offer this to you um, and so yeah that's so started like that and it was supposed to be a six-month interview and or excuse me a six-month internship uh, but while I was there, we just got like David and I, he was uh, a great, became a great friend, friend and mentor to me. Yeah. Um, and just like one of the smartest fucking dudes, I like yeah. <laughs> smartest dudes I, yeah. I've, I've ever had the privilege of being around. Um, but also that office space, the, the community within Democracy Now! was great. Like we sat right across from where the producers would sit right outside of the studio. Mm -hmm. And so even though I wasn't day to day doing like the video production or the producing or anything, yeah, anything like that, nice I was to able to have that community, community like, yeah. and also proximity. I could just watch, exactly. you know, which has been like for me that's been like the most rewarding opportunities that i've had sure. to learn and it teaches you a lot of the times the most like yep. to just kind of yeah. sit right there in the cup yeah, and just yeah. like pick Keep all your mouth shut yeah. and watch exactly um, and what was great about that period of time was it was during the lead up to the election yeah and so i was watching the coverage the coverage of the election coverage of obama's last um uh uh um last uh Month, months in office, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was seeing how I was seeing the power of of an organization like that, mm -hmm. particularly with um, during the period of time when the North Dakota um, uh, uh, the um, um, the uh, shit you know the pipe the, uh, yeah the pipeline yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. pipeline that when that story came out that story actually came out because a producer at Democracy Now pitched doing going doing that story mm -hmm. and they ended up going out for a weekend and that weekend happened to be one of the instances instances when uh one of these private security firms came out with dogs yeah and so we captured some of that Demarks and i was able to capture some of that footage and that ended up being the footage a lot of big organizations we're like using, cnn yeah, NBC, exactly. and stuff were using and that brought a lot of media attention to it so yeah. i saw the power of what an organization like that could do yeah on a international mm -hmm. you know, on an international scale um and then just yeah uh, like being there when different people come in former president of Brazil came in one day I was there I remember um, uh, Oliver Stone being there uh, yeah it was just a great great experience and again like shaping shaping like a lot of my political understanding and giving me a context uh, to understand what what I, what was going on in the world around me um, and the main thing about democracy now that initially attracted me to the way that they were telling the, the way that they were telling stories actually has a lot to do with podcasting yeah in terms of a lot of media organizations um really try to present their stories in in um in in sound bites but in rc now the way they conduct their interviews they actually it's in a more a lot more of a long form manner in mm -hmm. terms of just letting, just letting people speak you know under, yeah. letting people speak un, un, uninterrupted and i remember before I started working there, one of the most powerful stories was um, during, uh, I, I believe in, in, I might have some of the details of this, this stuff wrong, but 
the Ayotzinapa um, kidnapping of like co these college students in Mexico um, who were disappeared, probably murdered. Uh, but they oh, had these, or are you talking about the, they were, uh, they were in film school? Is that the one? I don't remember the, I don't remember oh, okay. it in that detail. Oh, okay. but Sorry. I just, I just remember like it's, it's college students who are, who are kidnapped and uh, they had the mothers, the marching the mothers of some of those, um, some of those students on Got the program you. to speak. And, you know, and hearing like the, the, the sort of emotion and, 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 yeah, that the the sort of emotion with which that with which they were making their arguments and and presenting their point of view and having uh, democracy not being able to provide that platform from them really showed me the power of what it could do to um, to a viewer emotionally. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But being there taught me a lot. And so I was initially there for a six month internship, and and Dave asked me um, if I was interested in staying another six months and. And I, of course, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. D uh, democracy now, it really changed because at a time, like, I, I you know, at, I, well, I, I won't say as most, but for myself, mm -hmm. really didn't know about the news. It was yeah. like, oh, okay, there's, like, local, there's CNN, mm -hmm. I guess that's important. Yeah. And then you start realizing and seeing other, like, platforms. Um, and democracy now, which is really cool, man, gives you um, – really does focus on as far as like domestic news mm -hmm. um and also to worldwide which is mm -hmm. really um you don't really see in a lot of platforms especially yeah. like you know your major networks mm -hmm. um and i mean you know anything you see like on msnbc or cnn yeah. where it's just like breaking news breaking news exactly. and it's not about shit at shit. all yeah yep, <laughs> or yep. just it's stuff just more that noise they, yeah exactly um where it's very informative and very key where it's not just like these people that um uh or just kind of just oh we just have a, a show and we're saying the same shit like yeah. that's a lot of the things like um probably to a fault i read too much news nowadays um but you're seeing like the same outlets saying the same, same shit, shit over and Bruh. over and it's just yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a lot so it's really refreshing like you have like a lot of these organizations that are like doing things and really um really being impactful and insightful and uh, and giving people a voice like to actually do this yeah um, yeah and that thing about giving people a voice is like is 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 what the is what the is what's at the crux of of what's what's of interest to me yeah. um you know in yeah that 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 uh that aspect of 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 the medium cannot be uh, understated yeah mm -hmm. for sure man so to uh kind of uh jump ahead just a bit mm -hmm. how um as far as like your work in film like how mm -hmm. how did doing all of that push you there put me where um as far as like um like as far as like uh working with film like mm -hmm. push you like what or more so the question that i'm like i guess um trying to uh form is how did that how did that push you into um, like I'm doing film now. Like, mm -hmm. what part of the process were you really interested okay. in for, like yeah. yourself? I should say. Yeah, I just remember. Um, so, like when I was when I was 15, an uncle of mine gave me. Uh, I honestly don't even know like blood related uncle or not, but <laughs> <laughs> but he he came over and and he had like a bunch of burned DVDs, you know, uh -huh. um, and he, the the. They, they were they were color coded red and red and um, green and I believe the the red were like American titled movies and the green were Nigerian titled like Nollywood movies. Yeah, I was not a fan of Nollywood movies growing up. <laughs> to this day, I'm not. They're too fucking melodramatic. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, the the quality is poor. I can't. It's hard. It's like it's like listening to somebody scrape a chalkboard like that. It's, that's how it is for me. Yeah. But a lot of people, I appreciate what Nollywood has done, mm -hmm. uh, uh, particularly for the for Nigerian culture. Um, but I was not a fan of them. So I watched <laughs> just 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 the uh, just the, the American movies and including that was like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, 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 like I think the Oceans trilogy mm -hmm. by Steven Soderbergh, who's a huge, um, huge influence of mine. Uh, and then also Pulp Fiction was included in that. And I remember I th 
uh, Pulp Fiction was included in the American title movies, but Pulp, Pulp Fiction was written in green. So I thought it was a Nigerian movie. So uh, I saved that to the last of the American movies. Yeah. But I thought the title Pulp Fiction was interesting. Yeah. I never heard about Quentin Tarantino, never right heard on. of Pulp Fiction. Um, but anyways, I ended up watching that. And that movie, is, there was like, for my life, particularly like as as it related to like drawing my attention to towards movies like before Pulp Fiction and after after Pulp Fiction, and after I watched that, I was it was like a light switch went right. off. Um, it's like few moments that I mean up up until now have has had that impact on me, um, and yeah. So I was just off to races. I was like looking up every, everything I could about that dude on YouTube, blah blah blah, and then through him I came to learn a Martin Scorsese, and I watched Taxi Driver and. In my mind, like Pulp Fiction taught me what films can be. Yeah. Because it broke a lot of the rules. Mm-hmm. But Taxi Driver taught me what films can do mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. Uh, because it was so emotionally impacting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it taught me how it can shape how you like literally shape how you see the world. Yeah. The color, <laughs> the, the color and sound and the way you walk and talk and dress. Yeah. Um, and that... Anyway, so there was a lot of that. So I was like just ingesting a lot up until this day, like ingesting a lot of stuff. Um, and so that that ta- that I became obsessed with the medium. But I started, you know, in different ways. Like you, you start to a sort of context begins to shape itself around that, and you're like, why am I really even drawn to this stuff? Yeah. Uh, and I started to realize over a period of time, while while I was drawn, why I was drawn to it was because of the stories that I would hear my mom in particular tell around the table whenever we would be at like at Nigerian functions. So mm-hmm. with, with Nigerian functions or just with, at, you know, family occasions at Thanksgiving um, or, or be, <clears throat> excuse me, be at somebody's graduation party or whatever it might be uh, just the, the sitting around the table or sitting on the steps while all the elders are sitting at the table and just listening in, listening in on the stories uh, that were being told. And, you know, top of conversation was a lot about <laughs> a lot about Nigeria and the problem, the troubles, the troubles with Nigeria and, yeah. and and all that sort of stuff. And I began to realize, like, I'm chasing the feeling that I had listening to those stories because they were told with the feeling that I had was one of being exposed to being exposed to issues of, 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 of real gravity. You know, yeah. you felt something, you, you, you felt your heart uh, puttering a little bit, a little bit more. You just, you, you felt like what they were talking about meant something yeah. to their lives and to our lives and to the lives of their family back home in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly that, notion of like all these things leading up to conversation around just around a table you know there's so much chaos so much activity that leads up to those moments of like kind of stillness and and reflection where it's just like a voice and people listening you know and in particular like hearing my mom talk about because nigeria is very uh um uh a very what's the word my, a culture very centered uh in in recent history very centered around um men uh, mm-hmm. and and their voices but like here my mom speaking up and talking about uh speaking about like political political issues like just this real ferocity and 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 focus and 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 gravitas too yeah. You know, because of the this this, this this that culture, particularly Igbo culture, in which my family is part of, um, oral storytelling is 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 one of the essential um, characteristics of it. Yeah. You know, which relates to a lot of a lot a lot about the the nature of storytelling with with uh, people of the diaspora around the world, mm-hmm. like this idea of passing stories along orally. Yeah, and 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 um, yeah, just that voice at that table, that context, that picture that it shaped for me, I realized like that's the sort of stuff that that's the sort of stuff that gets me going, that energizes yeah, me. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then now tra- yeah. <laughs> translating yeah. that into film. film. Yeah. Trans- so, so more so, um, 
do you do you feel like uh the writing aspect is yeah. what gets you because mm-hmm. the more i understand it now and the mm-hmm. more i look at things and there's there's a lot of like shows and movies mm-hmm. um where i've always appreciated it mm-hmm. i never really understood it. and I, and i feel like more now like i've always i've had an appreciator for the writing mm-hmm. um like uh, a big fan uh aaron magruder mm-hmm. um yeah. like yeah. boondocks, yeah, boondocks yeah. did and yeah, did a lot of stuff but like yeah. as far as like oh man that really that really got me a lot and a, a lot of basic shit but um um like uh matt groaning mm-hmm. um conan when he was writing for yeah. like the simpsons and stuff like a lot yeah. of shit that would like more so comedy wise would get me going but then like kind of like you dissect and look back at it and it's like you know these people are talking about things if you mm-hmm. really pay attention to and look at it yeah. um to to go with that more so um now like i'm understanding um now how do you how do you correlate that with um with like um filming yeah and like how shots present themselves in ways that are either giving you like what you're saying that feeling or that warmth or uh how how can you translate that into like the story so um going in with all of that do you feel more so the writing aspect is what you like mm-hmm. more or the filming part yeah the for me the right like the more i began to like study and like learn about the film the more the writing yeah. drew my interest and particularly um it particularly uh struck a chord with me when i was reading i, I don't know um the conversation by Coppola is one of my favorite films. And I just remember reading something where he was talking about, um, essentially saying like the right, like the writings, the writings at the bottom, at the bottom of everything. Even if you were, even if you don't want to write, if you, if you want to work within the medium and you don't want to write, you need to understand the writing, um, and understand how to tell a story on a page in order to be able to translate that to translate that to images on film. Um, and so, yeah, like the writing is what obsesses me the most because I understand that's what it begins with. I also, also understand it's a matter of control and this, this idea of like, um, owning the means of production for, for, uh, uh, for a particular work. Understand that I don't have to wait on anybody to, in order to write, understand that if I want to, even if I haven't written a particular piece, uh, knowing knowing um, knowing the nature of that process mm-hmm. will be able to bring me cl- bring me um, in a close to a closer understanding of the of the um, of the intentions of the author of that piece. Yeah. Uh, so that became what what has over the years become what what obsesses me about it the most. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's dope, man. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I've I've done like some small work as far as like web series and stuff, but mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity to do that, which was fun. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of allowed me to kind of just like you know joke around, mm-hmm. follow some things. But uh, more looking back, it really made me kind of understand the process a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I have aspirations to like do some stuff, and like yeah. what you just said right now, like you can, you can yeah. write these things, and nothing's gonna stop you. And I think yeah. I've always kind of had that mentality of like, oh, okay, I'm kind of waiting on this, or mm-hmm. like maybe. Um, but yeah, it, the writing aspect is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> like, because it's just always yeah, just what you said, like as far as like um, yeah. that storytelling. I think we have a kind of like skewed understanding of talking and telling the story mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, I can talk or I can write. Yeah. It's like, no, like, <laughs> like yeah. you can't do that and think, oh yeah, like I can tell. Yeah. Um, Cause just like that, man, like I, I, I grew up in a family as well as like, you know, telling stories is just how you pass down that history mm-hmm. um, and telling the story where it just kind of grabs you to be able to understand and oh yeah tell that tell this story again or, or mm-hmm. tell about the time and yeah. um, and seeing how that changes with each person that exactly. tells the same story yeah you know? and um man it that's kind of one of the things that's always at least scared me to kind of like progress at least far as thinking out because like i have like ideas of wanting to do like you know some web series and mm-hmm. like some more writing and talk with friends but then I get into that mind frame of like, 
oh my god like that's a huge thing <laughs> like it's uh, fun yeah. and and just more so just being able to tell your story and like what um relevance does it have just for you as far as like right. how can i like and even like having the, like a podcast okay like what am i gonna do or say to like make people want to like just continuously listen to this and yeah. divulge into it and then now with like okay how can i create this where someone wants to watch this yeah like, yeah uh, yeah it's horrifying <laughs> and that's where like i'm I, I feel like i'm at that kind of kind of at a juncture with that right now like for me i haven't written anything worth i don't feel like i've written anything worth presenting yeah. uh also like i've i've studied so much over the years i like, studied or probably haven't studied enough but studied it studied this amount like the work of writers whose work that I respond to, not just within film, but in literature, novels, short stories, um, listening to, listen to endless hours of interviews. Um, the, the notion of, of, again, like this, the sort of rigor and discipline that, that is associated with, 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 with telling stories, especially, especially yeah. if you're trying to do it, um, um and through through the through the auspices of a of an artistic medium like film or like 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 writing um like a writer like tony morrison talks a lot about a lot about that rigor there's part of like the initial impetus to 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 tell a story um come from like this this place of like just pure like emotion you know, like you're trying to get something trying to get something out but the ways in which you communicate that effectively yeah. um, require can require a lot of craft, mm-hmm. and that craft, when it's somebody who's a good storyteller, disappears. So it looks like it's nothing. You know, yeah. when it hits you, you're just you're experiencing an emotion. You're not exactly. thinking about the sort of technicality, the, the technical ways in which that story is delivered yeah. to you, um, and that's something I've been I've been struggling with a lot because it is like. You know, everybody has something to say, and I truly believe that every, everybody has something of value to say. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has their stories to tell, um, and the ways like when you're when you're telling a story, you're always thinking about your audience. You always mm-hmm. must be thinking about your audience, uh, which is another thing that it takes a while to to um, to to really begin to understand. Uh, and the way you tell, the way we all tell stories is 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 <laughs> is dependent upon who who the audience is and in order to in order to in order to do that um in order to do that effectively you have to take that into consideration so the craft takes a lot takes a while to learn it takes time yeah it takes time and a lot of work you know um and that's something that i've been because i i'm at this place where i just experience like every time i sit down at, at the page i just experience a panic about like i know that i know i want to tell i i know i want to say something i don't know how to say it yeah you know and that's and i mean i from yeah. me to you yeah. like yeah. a pro to yeah. not even a beginner myself um i i do that too and i'm like shit like I have like, oh, I have these ideas and I have like this shot that I think would yeah. be super cool where it's like kind of like that back zoom and I'm yeah. like standing there and all of a sudden I have a response and then I'm like, okay, how do you write this? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What do, you, what do you do with that? Like so, where do you begin with this? Yeah, shit, exactly. Know? And that's kind of the thing that I guess for myself, like I, I terrified because I'm like, I have all these ideas and instances that I want to do and I think could tie in and would be cool. Mm-hmm. How do you start? And that's, mm-hmm. I guess, the scary thing um, yeah. that I don't really understand because um, I've always just been like, just we were talking about like a music head, but um, music makes so much sense to me because um, even like in this like um, just kind of array, you still have you 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 have where it's like this end or this beginning and an end, mm-hmm. um, and it makes sense and, and you can formulate that film is so scary to me or even just writing is so scary because you don't necessarily you have to have a beginning but it doesn't necessarily you don't 
at least for me, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. And I don't know, yeah. like, like how do you have this transition into, like, yeah. this introduction, this person, this story, yeah. this character? Um, and all of that makes me want to throw up when I yeah. think about it. Like, same same thing. To, and I, like, you listen to, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing that gives me comfort about that is that writers, even as experienced as, as people like James Ball and Tony Morris mm-hmm. and David Milch, they still go through it as yeah. as as brilliant as their work th- as their work is. Somebody like James Baldwin will tell you that he spends months avoiding sitting at his typewriter, yeah. you know, because he doesn't know what the fuck he wants to say or how to say what he how to articulate yeah. the feeling that he has. I was just listening though to um, to a podcast with uh, Herbie Hancock and uh, Chick Corea, and they were talking about the process mm-hmm. of of creating music, create the process of creating. One of the things I think one of them said, I think Herbie. Uh, was like the best the best tools the best tool the best tool to do the job in front of you are the tools at hand yeah. and it's like the same thing as like somebody like Arthur Ashe saying like you just begin where you are yeah. you know or another another um another person who's had a great impact on on me and my relationship with with just creating stuff is um is uh Juno Diaz where he's ta- he talks a lot about you needing to become the person that you need to be before you can create sure. what you're trying to create. Yeah. Like all these, all the all the parts of your life, like what I'm just starting to realize now is like all the parts of your life and like every, everything. My mom used to say, the way that you do anything is the way that you do everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that shit is bullshit, you yeah. know? <laughs> like I can, I can eat like shit, but still but still be able to hoop for you know a 40 minute 48 minute game yeah. like i but the, the older i've gotten i realize nah that shit is yeah, you can't like, do that <laughs> i can't sit down to write for 20 minutes if i didn't eat if i didn't pay attention to what i was eating exactly. for breakfast you know and as, as far apart as those two things feel like they are like when you're looking at them um i'm realizing like all that stuff all that stuff is connected yeah exactly man. um yeah yeah and like the thing that i realize like thing that i know is true about that process is like you even when i fail i fail more often than i than i succeed at doing this is like just just begin like arbitrarily to begin mm-hmm. you know it was just something which is something david most says like arbitrarily to begin doesn't matter if you know uh what you what you want to write just you know the actions that you need to do you know you need to sit down you know you need to pick up a pen you know you need to have a piece of paper in front of you yeah and maybe set a timer, go for 20 minutes and just start. doesn't matter what you write, just start. It's because the process exactly. is a thing. It's not It's not the outcome of the process, but the process being the thing. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'm, I'm still learning to live that, even yeah. though I can, I can understand it intellectually, but I'm learning to live that and to live it with consistency. Yeah. Um, and I believe that will yield the sort of, um, yield the sort of life that I'm trying to get out of the process of creation like in the long run but trusting that being patient um following your following my curiosities and yeah yeah just boys on like some like i'm i don't i'm not that religious person but like i do feel i'm, I'm spiritual and it's like it boils down to these very basic things of just act as if fake it till you make it yeah act as if you had faith and faith will be given to you and that's the same thing as like sitting your ass down with a pen and a piece of paper and like you and write something write the date 50 times you know and i'm gonna start from the end and then work my way back (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. as a matter of trusting and and you realize like when you look at the lives of artists who've created stuff whose work inspires you it's like it comes back to that thing like Mm -hmm. They had faith faith in the process. Sure. Faith, the difference between them and 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 those who didn't produce that work is like you know sat down and did it, and you see it like not just to because I don't believe like that that especially nowadays talking about creativity, I don't even feel like I didn't I didn't grow up being like an artistic or really creative person. I feel still don't even feel like I am. Like I don't look like an artist. I don't dress like an artist. Yeah, I don't like I didn't I go to art school, yeah, you know, kind of thing. Like when I was in New York, like even as much as that felt like home, like a lot of the creative people that did like didn't, I didn't identify with those sort of superficial aspects of it. Yeah. But what you realize is like create, like creation is, is, is 
doesn't belong to the domain of people who do it professionally mm-hmm. or people who are trying to do it professionally. It's in it's in your daily life. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's, there's not a strict uniform for it as well. Where exactly. It's like, oh, yeah. Because I've always felt that way too, man. And, and I've always been intimidated, you know, with just all the people that I know that do it. And I'm like, you're so much better at Oh yeah, all yeah. of anything that and, I could think of, yeah, yeah. Than, than what I'm doing. I'm and like, like the what shit I that I create don't look like that, yeah. and that's what creative shit is yeah, supposed to exactly. look like. Or something so like, it's like, like, so what should I be creating? Because yeah. I don't think I can't create. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, but like you said too, and, and which is a, it's beautiful. It's you know, begin, yeah, start, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to do that, to do that, the thing about that is like to do that arbitrarily. You cannot set conditions up for you to begin uh one of the another another writer who i admire very much um uh david david foster wallace was like if you have too much fidelity to perfection Mm -hmm. which tends to be the condition that a lot of us set up for us in order to begin if you have if you have too much fidelity to perfection you're never going to do anything you're not going to begin and that's been a huge thing for me because and yeah and and you know and even looking at that too man you start you start kind of thinking and um, at least wondering um, or comparing, mm-hmm. which can be very detrimental. Like, oh, yeah. And yep. Yep. Almost, almost to it because, you know, even like we're, you know, talking about Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea and it's like, yo, y'all are trying to tell me about how you... Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. And, and so it, it's like, if they're saying yeah. this, like, I can't do <laughs> shit. Like, exactly. why? Yeah. yeah, man. And so, and and I and I have a huge habit of like doing that where it's like, yeah. I, I understand. And, and like most people that are trying to create, um, the idea is more grand than like what can come out at that immediate moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Like when like I'm you know talking to you and I'm thinking of all the things that like I want to do or I want to write and I'm like mm-hmm. I'm comparing myself to you and I'm like oh shit no nah, I can't do that yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and and I've have a habit where trying to kick where it's like yeah I understand like where Chuka may be mm-hmm. um, where X person where Y person may be um, I can't put myself in that shoe because I am not them yeah. I have to be able to create and be comfortable with what I create and know that this isn't the yeah. final product exactly and it's kind of hard to kind of pull yourself away from that mind frame of like this isn't the final product this is the final product right now for this immediate version yeah but this isn't from like the like just with this podcast the first episode to now mm-hmm. to if this continues three mm-hmm. years from now yeah um you know what i'm saying like everything will progress and it's it's hard to see that in real time that like yeah yeah this may be shitty yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's not the end result yeah um yeah man. yeah yeah no that's totally true i was just talking to brit this morning about like being being frustrated with like wanting to look for a new job because like being here in austin i'm like you know i have a couple of free, freelance gigs here here and there but i'm not happy with where i'm at at all i'm working a part-time job yeah. i'm not doing i'm not doing film full-time I'm still trying to uh i feel like i'm moving closer to 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 um having projects that are worthwhile uh, yeah. um doing heavy lift on but i'm st- I, like i'm so like day to day my general state is one of frustration i'm not happy yeah you know no i i completely understand like that. i'm not i'm not happy at all and a lot of that has to do with like the comparing, comparison, my, comparing myself to other people where they were at at my age, um, and and yeah, that like that 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 thing like gets a the it, it, one thing that's like really changed with my with my uh, thinking about this or my approaching approach a, a, approach to it. Um, it drains so much energy. Yeah. Like that shit drains so much energy. So that's energy that I don't have to write. Exactly. That's energy that I don't have to edit. That's exactly. energy that I don't have to just sit and think about um, think about new ideas to expose myself to new to 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 um to 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 other artists, to other uh, to don't have to expose myself mm-hmm. to other things. That's energy that I don't have to put towards my relationships. Yeah. Uh, with my with my family, with Brit, with like that's that's a lot of energy. Like I have a, I have a limited amount of energy ex- and I'm ex- wasting. Exactly. it on shit that i'm not that i'm in yeah. no way in control of. yeah that that comparison comparison yeah. can really kind of kill and destroy at times because yeah. you start looking i mean and it's 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 all perspective yeah and it's all in relative to you right because mm-hmm. like you say that for yourself and i say that for myself then i look mm-hmm. at you and i'm like oh man look at this yeah. you know chuka 
you know, younger, ahead, like following it, doing mm-hmm. the things, and then, you know, talking to you, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm in a frustrating place right now. And, you know, everybody mm-hmm. has this perspective. Yeah. Um, and then we can be comparative, and it's, you just kind of have to understand, like, it's it's your path right now, and what are we yeah. going to do with it? Exactly. Like, um, yeah. And, and again, like, it's easier said than done. done when, like, always. <laughs> always. Work, but just, it's like, yeah, I can get it. Like, I get it. Yeah, like, everybody's. Like you, you can add it up add it up in your head intellectually, yeah. but, like, bringing that shit down out of your head into your heart. Yeah. That's another. It's, yeah, it's difficult. It takes man. time. Yeah, man. But, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm super excited to see everything you do, man. <laughs> Likewise, bro. Like, I'm um, here looking at you with the setup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trust me man this is this is basic yeah. but i mean it's i mean like for me like this project ultimately yeah. um came from a place of um isolation and mm-hmm. with that came like creation right yeah. um because podcasts um i i was always interested in mm-hmm. um i didn't necessarily know i could i could do it like myself right yeah. and this is like just the same for you like i had been listening to him for a long time yeah um and I just never thought like, oh, to do it. But it was always kind of something in the back of my head. Like, that'd be fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I uh, lived in um, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And I was there and just felt really isolated. And these were kind of like my only friends at yeah. times. Where oh. it was just like, this was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it kind of pushed me to like, man, I kind of want to do that. And, yeah, you know, and, and not in, not in like... Um, not in like a arrogant manner of like you know I got I got interesting things or fun things to say. Just mm-hmm. more of like, man, I have these perspectives and I just want to know if there's an audience that I can reach to. Mm-hmm. You just kind of want to see if you can just connect, exactly, and that's kind of yeah. always been the thing. And and then bringing it now, it's like I have really interesting people that um, I care for and that I'm growing and growing with mm-hmm. um and learning about and i want people uh regardless if it's you know audience of three yeah. or three million like all of these people like yourself and everyone that i get to talk to um or get to you know do episodes with ren um it's a matter of just like these are really great interesting people and mm-hmm. like it's it's a story to tell just like you said everyone has a story yeah um and True. and it does deserve some light you yeah. know what i'm saying and so like for for myself with this more um it's just being able to experience that and do that um and just getting to share like you know a day with you yeah. uh, or anyone for that matter but um then you start learning other aspects of it, like the exactly. sound part of it, like we were talking about editing yeah. part. And now like hearing shit where I'm like, things that used to not bother me, bother me now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah. you're hearing this buzzing sound. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. get to these minute things. Yeah, it's like, on. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so those yeah. are the part that like, yeah. I hate now, yeah. um, but I do appreciate it because it yeah. gives you a fuller understanding. And that's also like, that's also, again, like you're talking about like the process of creating you, you you, it's not just like what you do the first time you sit down. It's like coming back to it and coming back to it and coming back yeah. to it. Like it's a privilege to be able to oh, now yeah. worry about like those other problems exactly. because you put in the work to get to that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like like you got to like for me like if I'm sitting down to write you like you got to you got to first write the scene in order to understand or, or in order to then worry about like how you're gonna how are you gonna end it? Where you're gonna come in? Where you you know what yeah. like what who's gonna be in it? Like those sorts of things. For like, sure looking at those looking at those is like that's a, like that shit is like i earn i earn i earn the, the yeah, yeah <laughs> i've earned the stress <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah. honestly though yeah. honestly that's no real. man that's dope that's real yeah man this was this was cool yes this yeah was i really love this good, i love this yeah, great we, opportunity yeah we i always yeah. say this but i always mean it like we gotta we gotta do this again. oh hell this yeah was, this hell was yeah. dope man hell this yeah. was dope yes but yeah man i think <laughs> You know, I don't want to cut into to the rest of y'all's day. So <laughs> check that <laughs> yeah, watch <laughs> before you realize what time it is. But yeah, uh, man, let's get uh, back on this. Let's do yes, this sir. more. We got yeah. some some other shit that we, exactly. we can talk about. Exactly. That I'm looking forward to <laughs> off <laughs> off mic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much yeah. for this, bro. No, thank you so much for doing this. Like, yeah. I'm gonna. I love. I love again the idea of taking the initiative of this because it's not like these conversations aren't just for today like they're going to be for five years from exactly. now like these are artifacts yeah like for me these are part of our oral, oral history yeah. you know oh yeah and yeah yeah I, 
to me like it's no small thing like yeah. this sort of undertaking so thank yeah. you for doing yeah, it yeah man thank yeah. you so much Shuka. that means that yeah. means so much man i appreciate yeah. it of course and um as always thank you guys thank you chuka um for tuning in to uh didi says podcast and we'll see you next week peace peace Now you